If you're seeking to expand your business and maintain its resilience, FM Global is your ideal property insurance partner. Backed by more than 180 years of engineering expertise and scientific research, we offer cutting-edge solutions to safeguard your business today, ensuring your prosperity tomorrow. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And if you're listening, looking to just you know put yourself through the pain of World Cup final defeat, well, that's in our feed already uh, if you're an England fan. If, like JB, you're looking to relive the glory of uh, not having to deal with England fans having just won the World Cup, then that is in your feed already. Yes, it is. The, uh, so hit subscribe. This podcast right now, we're talking domestic rugby. The only type of rugby... <laughs> well, it, it, for now for, Real the, for the foreseeable yeah. until the Six Nations, you're absolutely right. So, uh, and let's jump, stra- let's jump straight into it now. It's now going to be back on the menu properly for a lot of people. I imagine domestic rugby for a lot of people has kind of been a a little, um, well, just a, a luxury. Not uh, now. It's gonna, now it's the main course again. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. And we can now focus on what's really important, which is. <laughs> The Premiership and then Europe, of course, which is only around the corner. And yeah. the Pro 14. And the and the Pro 14. And and the Terrell 15. Yeah. So, yeah, lots and lots and lots, to, lots, and lots to focus on. Uh, have, have you been watching every game? Um, uh, well, not. I wouldn't say I've watched every game. Um, I watched three I games watched, this, this weekend. Uh, excluding the international, I watched two games. It's um, amazing how much playing... Fantasy rugby draft makes you really, really get. I mean, I, I'm into it anyway. Obviously, yeah. I mean, I don't like talking about um, fantasy rugby draft because it's boring um, if you don't play in our league. But it is interesting to see how the commissioner's bandwagon is rolling on. Three wins consecutively now for the <laughs> which, first fifteen, which might be the first time you've ever won three games. Uh, well, obviously, I was a playoff contender. Having and then, look, I had two years of not taking it too seriously, and now two I'm years back. of being the worst team in our league well the thing is Tim I had a strategy and I've implemented the same strategy for three years now and I think this year is the year it pays off <laughs> my my wagon fantasy rugby wise at least is firmly hitched to Steve Diamond <laughs> fantasy rugby wise and a few other of your wagons <laughs> are hitched to that particular well cup. some of their some of their players are scoring good points in fantasy rugby draft Ooh. sale with very very little disruption to their side due to the World Cup. Yeah, fair. I mean, they've only they're only missing one of the world's uh, best locks and one of the world's best scrum halves. But that they're not missing very... one of the world's best locks. <laughs> yeah, they signed him knowing that he wouldn't be here. And of course, you know, they're missing one of the world's best sevens and also two, one of, two the... of the world's best sevens. Yeah, so they've got that, <laughs> I guess. Well, three actually, because one went to watch the other one play, and the other one was on the bench. <laughs> okay, but um, yes, I do they, take your point. They've, yeah, they've massively excuses. They've lost. Two out of their first three games. Well, like I said last week, it is bloody fortunate that I, I'm not a sale fan because if I was, this weekend might have pushed me over the edge. It might have been <laughs> very hard to watch. We might we'll talk about that in a minute. But the uh, the success story, the story that he's building at Franklin's Gardens is gathering a pace, isn't it, it? It's not just the results. No, it's, it's the way they're doing it's it. The way they're doing it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And, and in the way that Japan captured the imagination and England's performance against New Zealand captured the imagination and made people think, 
maybe there is a, a, a way of playing that could... Hold that thought. Yeah. Hold that thought. We spoke on the last podcast, go listen to it, about potential coaches with the breadth of experience who could come into the England job. Chris Boyd, anyone? We don't need to. Eddie Jones is there. Chris Boyd, anyone? If if Eddie Jones wanted to transition over mm. someone, he wa- if he walks away, no, he's got a job to do at Northampton, and with a lot of young players there, I, I, I want him nurturing them for England's benefit. Yeah, and the only the only top flight or international experience he's got is with the New Zealand under twenties for it, a couple of years w- before he took the Hurricanes job. Were they any good? Um, fairly handy, but it's not. It's, it's a totally different setup. So. Don't get me wrong, I, I really like Chris Boyd. I like him from his Hurricanes days. Mm. I love what he's doing with Northampton at the moment. Mm. He's doing it in the right way. But I'm not sure he has quite got that breadth. Sam Vesti is a potential England attack coach in years to come. Yep. Yeah, Mike Brown mentioned he'd been with them in, was it Argentina in 2013? He'd That's done just a, a brief stint with England. And Mike Brown spoke very highly. He was also very highly thought of in Worcester when he was attack coach there. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. They are... They're doing very nice things. And this game was interesting because Harlequin started the first five or ten minutes, whatever it was, maybe not even five or ten minutes, maybe the first five minutes, very brightly, worked territory, worked the three points. Very um, brightly, though, that or that is mainly due to their disgusting kit. kit. <laughs> no, no, every we time they wear us. that green kit, they don't deserve to win. Yeah, we need to talk about this. Um, I, I have a few issues with prim- with Premier Rugby, mostly around the fact that they've got the best competition in the world and don't really promote it. The second thing I've got an issue with is, um, why on earth, why on earth do you have a team that plays in green playing a team that plays not in green, changing into a green strip? <laughs> For what reason? For what possible reason? It's some sort of self-flagellation going on when Harlequins put that kit on. I, ge- I genuinely think you can't look around that dressing room before kickoff, and th- even if it's just in the back of your mind, a little one percent. I mean, that that shirt my teammates are wearing uh, and that I'm wearing is disgusting. It is disgusting. That guy looks like an idiot, and that guy looks like an idiot. <laughs> we all look like idiots. <laughs> the people are laughing at us, boys. They're laughing at us, and now we're losing. Um, well, they, they started very brightly. But then it was the Nairavoro train set off oh, from the track. That guy's a tank. And once he, because he, he did some close quarters stuff, and he picked and go a couple of times, and got absolutely no change. Yep, it's that is not his game. It's when he's in full flight, he is just unstoppable. Would it, oh sorry, his, I was, his first his first try, yeah, where he. Um, hands off um, what's his name Ishmael and in the, f- the only flies, way to hand someone off he flies back like five yards and skittles I can't remember who it was it was it um, Aaron Morris he takes out two guys with one hand off I thought it's like a kung fu he film pushed one into another didn't yeah he? I seem to remember Aaron Morris writing off the the other guy Ishmael either way round whichever way it was he wrote off both of them as he casually Jog to the try line. What would, he, what would he be like? Because he's only got two caps for Australia. Yeah. What would he do at international level? Would he be exposed? Because I'm looking at it going, how have Australia not just like used him as a, at yeah. some point, yeah. in some yeah. game? Well, he's been twice, I guess. Or um, twice, but that's it. But uh, Him and um, Bastro in the same team would be interesting. <laughs> um, I think he did get exposed a little bit last year defensively. Um decision making defensively when people go out wide and picking the wrong man but you can't imagine because he's so unique 
you can't it can't be that far fetched to conceive a game plan that incorporates that talent, even if it is just as a impact player off the bench. Yeah, he's there, there is, and particularly for like finals rugby when you're getting close games, just having. I mean, if you give him the ball in full flight, it's a full three, four players it takes to bring him down. So you must be able to use that in some way. Yeah, I'm surprised they've not used it more. Yeah. And what a sight he is in full flow, in as full you flight. say. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. So, that, I mean, that does... Having him on the on the pitch as an out for Northampton to spread the ball wide is brilliant. But then I do... I love the way that they brought in some of their some of their own young lads, like Fur, Furbank, like mm. Hutchinson... Grayson and, and Henry Taylor. Um, Collins, who's probably not even that old. Has been uh, Henry Taylor few... was at Saracens, but oh, sur- was he? surplus okay. to requirements there, yeah. But Grayson and yeah. the other boys. Yeah. Um, Just have a look at pictures of Inga Twigamola. Because uh, <laughs> that's who he reminds me of. And I'm looking at pictures of Inga Twigamola. He looks tiny compared to Naira Voro. Naira Voro is one of the few rugby union players who would look great in WWE. <laughs> yeah, him and obviously Pierre Spice and Chris Tremlett, the cricketer. Um, who else would there be? Um, um, Joe Marler would look great in WWE. Oh, yeah. yeah of course. Great. He looks w- like Zangief out of Street Fighter, as it is. Yeah, um, yes. Jamal Ford Robinson has actually done wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually a v- Crisis with a K. Yeah. And maybe a Y in there as well. Crisis. Um, Sneeman could be a. a- a uh, heel. Oh, yes. Definite heel. Yes, Snyman would be brilliant. And Whitelock as well. Um, could, there could be two good heels. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, all of the uh, key subjects hit here. Um, what was what were we talking about? Northampton. Northampton. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not so much that they're winning games, it's how they're winning them, mm. and it's also the lads they're bringing through. What I like the most about it is Northampton run this trajectory, and I think a lot of clubs do this, which is, hey, we've got our big players, and they've got to play because we pay them lots of money. And you get a fresh set of eyes in, and over the course of a year, he's basically reinvented, reinvented the team. He's brought in lads from the academy who can play. They have not been afraid to extend players who you might think should be on their way out, but actually add something more to the team. So Tom Ward is a great example of that. Yeah, so um, has real leadership qualities. Yeah. And I think it's just, I think it's just really, really, really cool. Right? Players have got to come back in as well. Like, again, with with the other thing, with, with what's going on at the top of the table with the two finalists from last year, with Saracens and what's rumoured to be around the corner any day now, which we can get into and in a little bit, and Exeter, as we've been talking about in recent podcasts, just kind of not quite clicking. Then Northampton are bobbling away nicely with... With Courtney Laws to come back in, with um, Dan Bigger, Dan Bigger to come back in, big players. Um, Owen Franks Owen to Franks. arrive. Matt Proctor, who is mm. a very handy centre outside back. Lewis Ludlam, Lewis Ludlam. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. 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 They're, yeah. they're going to be handful. I mean, for me, uh, Northampton have sort of solved half the riddle, which is get to the playoffs. I think they will get to the playoffs. It's early yeah. doors yet, but they're going to get there. The other half of the riddle is, how do you win a playoff game? Are they going to be good enough at that top level of Premiership Rugby when you've got to get, be Exeter, presumably you've got to be Exeter, and Saracens? And or Saracens. Yeah. yeah. So You've got to be at least one of those It's actually two. harder for them to win than extra seven Saracens because extra and Saracens only have to beat one of the other. Yeah, yeah if you yeah. are a third, a third party to, uh, to, to this dance, you most likely have to beat both of them. Exactly. This is a good year for Northampton to be attempting that. One, it's a World Cup year, 
um, and the teams around them are arguably the, the big teams around them are arguably more affected. Well, yeah. Gloucester excluded, Gloucester, who, yeah. who affected the least. Although they struggled this weekend, they did. Um, but um, also because the playoffs will be happening in June or uh, July, end of June. No, the playoffs will be happening in June, yeah. which is like so. Give me some decent weather for some running rugby. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Northampton. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, so the teams that will suit are Northampton and also last year's number four team and number three team, Gloucester. Because Gloucester will love a nice dry uh, dry track. Yeah, with Woodward and Ollie Thorley. There's uh, there's a couple of teams up there, it's just not quite clicking. Gloucester and Exeter being two of them. All all the components are there, all the bits and pieces are there, but it's just not flowing. Well, well, they both won two games as well, two out of three. But you're right, it's the the manner of those wins. Like Exeter's win against Worcester, which I watched today, um, or yesterday, if this goes out on Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Yesterday. (laughs) Yesterday. I'm getting confused. Um, Was not a comprehensive victory for Exeter by any stretch of the imagination. And it was only a 35-phase pick-and-go session with five minutes to go that won them the game. Yeah, which of course is a very extra way to go and win a game. Absolutely an extra way to to win a game. But the the story is probably that um, Worcester took a handsome lead. They scored the first two tries... um, Duncan Weir was kicking very nicely, controlling the game and taking points where they were on offer. And it took from the Kvesic pushover try to that that phased Harry Williams try right at the end for Exeter to actually pull it out of the bag. Yeah. I don't know if I just suffer from low expectations here, but um, I'm really impressed with Worcester. Even though they've been losing, I mean, they won one. They won one against... uh, Leicester, and apparently they weren't that uh, that impressive. Did they win last week as well? No, they've only won one. one out of I just now. like how they're playing. They seem to make good interventions against Exeter when it mattered. And, you know, Exeter being Exeter, uh, they won. But I just feel that they are, they're on the right track. They, they are. I think that they're definitely on the right trajectory. The thing that will be disappointing, if you're a Worcester fan in this game, is you had the opportunity, and it had the defence held out, and it held out for 34 phases, but it couldn't hold out for 35 phases. Ugh, the, if the defence holds out for that, then it is a famous win for them. But those are the kind of games, this is not the only, this is a, this is a, a good Exeter Chiefs team playing not that, not that well. But they will have other games like this that are arm wrestles at home that are winnable, and yeah. they have to convert them into four-point wins and not only get the losing bonus points. I, I like that Exeter won this because they're not they're not playing as well as they have. They're not as fluent. No. And last year they got a hatful of try-bonus points, home and away, scored crazy numbers of tries and just played with um, a fluency that we sort of thought, wow, add Stuart Hogg into the mix there and they're going to be... Yeah. bring they, Woodburn back. Bring Woodburn back fit and that's like... Oh, you know, that's like two top players, and they're not clicking yet. Bring Simmons back as well. I um, yeah. Sam Simmons, Sam who Simmons was missing back. for a lot of last season, but who's so good when Exeter are playing that way. Mm. I wonder if we are going to see the revival of Ollie. I want to say Ollie Cuthbert because that's the guy I went to school with. Alex Alex Cuthbert. Cuthbert. As as I as I predicted before the season started, is it going to be the second season Kvesic thing? Kvesic syndrome. Yeah. Well, we, we talked. Yeah, we, we we have talked about this for yeah. Exeter. Actually, what you see a lot at Exeter is players in their second season really kick on. 
Yeah, Ollie, Ollie Woodburn. Did. Ollie Woodburn, great yeah, example. Same, his second Ollie season. Devoto. Devoto, yeah, both of those. Yes. Kvezic. Kvezic's a great Kvezic example. is, because he had a great run, not Kvezic, the other guy who I was just talking about, the winger, the big winger for Wales, the Lions winger. Alex Cuthbert. Thank you. Um, <laughs> he had a great, um, a great little mazy run against Bath. That, and he broke the line quite, quite quite nicely today. And I wonder if he, we're just going to see a little bit more from him, which would be mm. good. It'd be good for Wales. Mm. It could be essential for Wales. Actually, does he have enough caps? Does he still qualify? He must have enough caps. Uh, did they make him an offer? I get confused with Wales's cap system because no, it's, like, it's like a two-tier thing, isn't it? If you've had a, a market rate offer from Wales... Yes. And you I hate that have idea. enough caps... He's not eligible. Could, is he not? No. I hate the idea that... Under if, the current system. If you have a market... I mean, who decides the market rate? A WRU. Sure, WRU. Yeah, but surely the person deciding the market <laughs> rate is the cheap. person yeah, willing to pay you. Yeah. That's the market rate. No, but then it's a mar- yeah, market rate offer from Wales. Yeah, so, so I think what they would say is, if you, if Exeter Chiefs offered to pay you £300,000 and Wales, the WRU through Ospreys also offered to pay you £300,000, then... Wait, is that the way around it can go? I can't, I'm getting confused with the system myself because it's, it seems nonsens- nonsensical. Will, um, with how little Jack Noll played in the Rugby World Cup, will he have to do the full five-week stand-down? I thought it was only a two-week stand-down. Oh, it's a two-week, oh no, I think, is it five weeks they have in to total. over the yeah. season? Yeah, Yeah. so you'll have three weeks before you go away and two weeks when you come back, something like that, yeah. depending on you know, what you want to do but or I, what the clubs want to do. I imagine players like Noel, when he gets back fit, um, yeah. assuming he's not fit, um, and Piers Francis and Jack Singleton and, and Roy McConaughey and Thokana Singer um, and Ben Spencer, they they won't need to play the uh, to have the full stand on period. So I'm going to lose I'm going to lose my mind now. Um, Cuthbert needs seventy caps to qualify for Wales. Is that right? Is it fifty? Six, caps? I thought it was 60. sixty. Sixty. How many caps do you think he has? Twenty two. No, more than that. Because he was six, twenty two. Twenty two. No, gone, gone, gone. Yeah, more than that. I don't know. Um, oh, because he's a lion as well. Yeah, mm. he had, he probably had five or six years. I want to say five years where he was there or thereabouts. Um, ten games a year. Ten games a year. Fifty caps, but a, a few less. Forty caps. Sixty-five caps. Sixty. So he does qualify. Sixty-five then. caps. So he does qualify. He can do what he wants. Market yeah. rate or not. Um, Alex Cuthbert should be coining it in somewhere. And he probably is. Well, do you know what? He he has a good year at Exeter. He's putting pressure on George North. Yeah, well, yeah. it used to be George North and, and another. It's yeah. now Josh, uh, Adams. Josh, Adams Josh Adams and another. Uh, Josh yeah. Adams and Josh Adams' mate. The, the disappointment for Wales was Steph Evans. Who yeah, was, wasn't he? Was electric Hang on. a couple of seasons. Well, uh, you know, Wales is littered with talented players that never, they've never done anything. What's the other guy? Jordan Williams? Jordan Williams. Where's he? Dragons or somewhere? Dragons. Um, Hallam Amos Hallam Amos yep uh, in fact Hallam took his try quite nicely on he did. Friday he did who's the other one um, uh, uh, Matthew Morgan yeah Matthew Morgan good, good electric one. Matthew Morgan where's the World Cup the last World Cup as a bloody championship player <laughs> Tyler uh, Morgan Tyler Morgan, Tyler Morgan. Um, Gavin Henson don't know if you remember him <laughs> never uh, went to a World Cup Sam Davis now is at the Dra- Dragons is just a graveyard a graveyard <laughs> of disgrace what, what the, isn't it what was the Kiwi fullback that that, uh, that wasn't Welsh. Uh, Howarth. Yeah, Shane Howarth. Shane Howarth. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell! That's going back a few years. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, there you go. That's a nice little segment on Alex Cuff. Alex Cuff. I'm yeah. just a little bit concerned about Exeter. I mean, the, the the pack is there, but they're not. 
they're not as effective as they were. Let's well, put that kind of there. They're, they're kind of lacking a bit of. Con- Dave Ewers isn't quite the Dave Ewers. There's no. just a lot of players that are a little bit off where you hope they will be. Dave, Dave uh, Don Armand hasn't played yet. Why is that? I don't know. I'm assuming mm. it's an injury. Hmm. Yeah. So. Because Ewers and this Vermalen boy, mm. they're quite. They're in that mould, aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're, Where do they find this Vermalen fella? The Don Armand mould. How do they do it? How do they? How do they keep finding these absolute monsters? <laughs> yeah. Is Vermalen by any chance a Zimbabwean? Um, I assume he's South African. He is South African. Are you definitely sure? Him and Janus Kirsten, who's who's been on the bench lately. But he he actually came on today. Yeah. But, uh, but just but but remember uh, th- this this is a back line that will have. I know he was on the bench this week, but Nick White at scrum half, mm-hmm. Ollie Devoto, Henry Slade, Jack Knoll, Jack Knoll, Ollie Woodburn, Ollie Woodburn. That's seriously, and that's added to Stuart Hogg and Alex Cuthbert. Yeah, I know Flaherty, who didn't do much this week. No, scored some beautiful tries last season. He did a lot of responsibility on Joe Simmons stepping up another level to meet the the, the talent that will be around him soon. Yeah. He's a, clearly a very, very good player. This is a, def- a really important season for him because he's now been handed the keys. Mm. Ste- Steenson is very much his backup. There's, there's rumours circling that Max Mallins might be their their recruitment for next year. Yeah, really? I mean, why be... would why would Mallins be available? Surely you'd sign on with <laughs> because Saracens have so many fly halves, so I, much talent, so yeah. much talent, Weird. so much talent. When do I move? Anyway, I'm sure that will develop. Um, I've got bad news for you. Vermal, there was no evidence here that Vermalen, on Wikipedia at least, is actually Zimbabwean, which uh, is upsetting. <laughs> that is disappointing, isn't it? They could have, they could have filled in a full Zimbabwean back row, were that the case? Yeah, they, should, they, they could oh, well, be. Uh, what, Cor- Cornish Zimbabwean? It was Horstman. Yeah, Horstman. Zimbab- yeah, they're yeah. There. so they had... They had all three of them. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame, really, really... You know. But you know, let's not let's not forget they've managed to get a twenty-four-year-old South African second row who's six who's six foot five, and no one actually mentioned it. No one actually <laughs> mentioned that he arrived. I bet he's amazing. By, well, um, again, in the in the same in the same podcast where I said watch out for Alex Cuthbert when we were doing our preseason review, I said keep an eye out for Jacques Vermeulen. So weirdly, what happened to the other guy who they signed? Janis Kirsten. No, the other guy, the other massive South African. What? They've got another one as well, a second row that um, <laughs> uh, he's got a funny name. Um, Oh, I can't remember his name. He came from Worcester. He must have been like eighth choice Worcester, and then he showed up at ex- uh, showed up at Exeter. Really? Yeah, I'll find Who's his. That? I can't remember his name now. I know they had they got they, they got. Um... They but go... I was certain that that guy would turn into like the world's best lock within a few weeks. Oh, was this a couple of seasons ago? Or last season? I think it was last season. It was his first year. Oh, what's his name? I'm sure it's like Schluss or something. Uh, yes. Anyway, I can't remember. But yes, Exeter will be better. They need to be. Gloucester are in the same mould. Two top top sides just kind of not clicking. But you can't totally put your finger on. There's nothing. There's not a huge issue. It's just everything's a few percent off. Well, Gloucester and they've won two out of three. Yeah. Although they would have expected a win at Welford Road in this game. Definitely would have expected it. Yeah. How much do you think the conditions in general? have affected the first few weeks because it has been particularly wet every weekend. Was it wet this weekend? Yeah. yeah. Most of the games were wet. Yeah, it was wet on Friday night. Um, it's, it's an interesting mindset because normally you build into the season, so your warm-up games are in August, you yes. start the first few weeks of September, you've yes. got flat tracks, and you, you almost build your handling into it and 
you build your cohesiveness as, as a team as the weather worsens. Whereas now they've just been dumped straight into. I know they had some Premiership Cup in in good conditions, but the the real teams have just been dumped into bad conditions. Maybe I'm just trying to connect the dots, mm. but maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe. Hmm. But it was interesting, um, you know. Uh, again, after talking about the World Cup and Eddie Jones made some tough decisions and pulled off. Uh, uh, I'll say substituted rather than pulled off um, <laughs> substituted um, Vodapola and Ford quite early on in the second half again Johan Ackerman just went off he comes sippers which was quite um, it was quite interesting that when, when you went ooh I wonder if there's any you go, hmm. you go combine it's, it's not quite clicking and Ackerman's going I'm, I'm taking off my main man. So, yeah, the main man. The main man. I mean, I think Gloucester are in a marvellous place. Um, you know, they beat Sale at the AJ Bell. I, I, got, I was lucky enough to watch them. And that was a game that they should have been... At, they should have been destroyed first half. There's no choice about it. Sale should have absolutely put them to bed. Second half is a completely different story. They get two, they get two tries. And the problem they have there is... They, they, I think Billy, Billy Twelvetree has missed three kicks... Which is just not good enough. And they, anyway, they sort of, in the end, a game which they could have lost, then they could have won handsomely, they kind of snuck through. And this Leicester game is the opposite, which was they should have snuck a draw. And, you know, Billy Twelvetrees, again, misses a kick. And I wonder how long they can keep him in, the, in, in kicking duty. Because if you think, you know, the other guys have got there, they've got the fly-off, i.e. either... Williams or Sippers can, can can kick. They've got Woodward who kicked for Bristol and the Hurricanes. Um, I think can Taylor kick? Not Taylor. What's his name? Uh, Marshall, Marshall. Marshall. Marshall can probably slot a few. Yeah, and but they go with twelve trees. And he, I he just was think, very good last season. Kicking. He's a very high percentage yeah, kicker. Yeah, year before that year, he wasn't though. His percentages last year were very good. So uh, he's always been a little bit, 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 a bit, a little bit inconsistent. Once in, it nearly cost him a game, and it did cost him, cost him some points there. Well, uh, uh, t- one stat that popped up on the screen during that game over the weekend, he has started, was it started or played in, regardless, doesn't really matter, 71 out of the last 72 Premiership games. That's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. Because that, that is a very important, the, the robustness. And, and is that the Brett Favre of rugby? Gloucester, no the importance of having fit centres when mm. you've got Trinder yeah. in your squad and Tom Marshall and Thorley who've all missed missed games. It does feel, though, that between Atkinson and Twelvetrees, they're pretty consistently the starters now. Yeah. But yeah. what's interesting, the, the there's a comparison I look at with Gloucester and Exeter, which is why I asked about the conditions, because it just doesn't seem to quite make sense. But they've got these incredible weapons in the back threes mm-hmm. aren't really being given the ball that you would expect them to get. In Exeter's case, you can point to the lack of Slade and Devoto in the midfield maybe re- affecting things and Nick White potentially at nine orchestrating things. For Gloucester, they've got the midfield that they normally... They've got the whole midfield access, axis Who that, did that they normally have. Who did Willie Hines? Willie Hines, yeah. Who did? I mean, does Willie Hines make that much difference? He, he's the kind of the fulcrum of their team. He's been very important for their team, yeah. Quick question, who did Thingy come off for? Um, the uh, Sippers, uh, Chris Harris, did because it's not mentioned in the in the match report here. We did. It was uh. quite relative. It was um, before sixty minutes. It was maybe fifty minutes. Sippers came off. I think. I'll just have a look for that now. For Chris 12, Harris, twelve trees went to ten. 
Ooh. Atkinson's 12, yeah. Paris to 13. 41 minutes. 41 I've, minutes, 41 there you go. minutes is when I've, I've got it on the... Yeah. I wonder what the story report. is there, then. Unless unless there's a knock. I d- it didn't... 41 well, minutes is 41 minutes? Yeah, that's an interesting time. Mm. It uh, must be a knock. It, he's not done anything that bad in the one minute of second half play. <laughs> I wasn't paying close enough attention. I was, I was in Greece watching it on an app, and uh, so I didn't, I didn't... I don't know if they asked that question after the game... Or whatever, I'm I'm sure they probably yeah. did. Mm, but right. in any case, it was uh, that is interesting. It wasn't interesting. It was one to So so I guess the point being, just like Exeter, these back three players that they've got, Ollie Thorley hasn't really had much ball. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's been disappointing for Ollie Thorley this year compared to yeah. how electric he was last year. Yeah. Uh, Joe Simpson seems to be a very good signing for them. Although although I, very selfishly, yeah. I will say for Ollie Thorley, very selfishly, I want him to score a bag full of points, but I don't want him. To be picked in the England squad for the Six Nations because he's, he's in my not. fancy rugby draft team. So uh, that's what yeah. it all comes down to the value of handcuffing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, you're right about Joe Simpson. Yeah, and th- this is for everything that we said about Leicester previously. This is a great game for them to win. Yeah, a very important oh, game at home for them and some confidence for some of their young lads. Is it, f- is it their first home win since? Something crazy like March, like February or March or something. Isn't it does amazing? Not su- does not surprise me. Yeah, they're at they're at the salary cap probably. More on that later. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. let's let's go there in a sec. Big club, uh, you know, it's such a history, and they've won one out of three games. It's just not good enough. It's and they no, they lost enough. the last four at home last season. So their their first home win in six or in seven games at home. So I've got multiple teams that I'm concerned about now. In fact, pretty much everyone from Sale Sharks down, I'm really concerned about. <laughs> I mean, it, literally, it is Sale, Wasps, Worcester, Harlequins, Irish, Tigers, Bath, all fundamentally flawed. All could find themselves in an absolute dogfight. I think there are a, f- a few teams which will separate themselves from that. But, well, probably not, actually. If it wasn't a World Cup year, then I think you'd look at Bath and go, I'm going to be all right. Yeah. If it wasn't a World yeah. Cup year, you'd look at Leicester and you'd probably but be going, it, they'll be fine. So, but is it the World Cup which is going to screw them over? I say with Leicester, or is it the ridiculousness of their coaching situations? You know, I'm not entirely sure that Stuart Hooper, leading up the Bath operation, supported by whoever he's got supporting him. Gervin Dempsey. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't strike me as a great operation. Well, add the two and of them Leicester's together. Leicester's is even worse. Is it the perfect storm when you have the two of them together? Because those, those two clubs are missing a whole host of stars mm. to the World Cup. And they're missing England stars who, because of the protocols, because of the maximum number of games, etc., etc., will only be available for a handful of Premiership appearances. Yeah. Um, I, I know we spoke about Harlequins before. Is anyone worried about them? I'm not with no. Quinns. Uh, they were well and truly beaten by they were. by Northampton. But I, I Absolute think smackdown. I think they will have enough. And I, part of that is some of their more experienced England players not making the World Cup squad. Mm. Like Care, like Brown, like Robshaw, who will be available for longer. And I know Brown and Care weren't playing this weekend; they're both missing. But the leadership that they will give and the stability they will give, I think they'll be enough. Yeah, yeah I, I do. Think, I think Quinns will be okay. I, Whoever gets relegated is going to have a lot of although, points. Although Quinns just on that, if you, I'm not do, not got this in front of me, but if you played their last seven or eight games from last season and add it to their three games from this season, they've probably won about two in ten games because their form they they were about 15 points clear in the top four yeah they and were and it was dreadful form right in the I end have, of the season I have to question uh, if the 
whole uh, if the what's the name the whole gustard uh, you know carved bears and whatever in changing rooms <laughs> is it really a great idea but they're interesting because they seem to be radically changing quins well, radically changing well, yeah and uh, the one thing i will say is gustard has selection policies unlike any other dor in the premiership i think i know what you mean but clarify well he will just chop and change yeah not turnover big numbers of players from one game to the next uh, look at the people that have played for Quinns on the wing in the last year you've probably got about 50 like Gonover is he injured I take it yes uh, I think he is actually well he was he was in I'm right in saying he was in the Fiji squad wasn't he yes but he, he's obviously oh, back okay. now he's back now yeah okay so he'll be back uh, Nathan Earl is injured but yeah, like, Nathan Earl's tra- Travis Ishmael got mm. the nod this week it was Caden Murley Caden Murley the week before turns out Caden Murley's quite good uh, last year, last year, last year, he was sort of chopping and changing between Charlie Walker, Tim Visser. Didn't get a look in, and oh, well, Charlie Walker disappeared off the face of the earth. He went to Zebra. Yeah, yeah. look great, look great, and then disappeared. So it's just it, I, I find that I, I'm assuming that what he does, and again, um, say Charlie Alex Don, Alex Don Brandt, uh, Tom Lorde started the first two games at number yeah, eight, and Don then Brandt. wasn't in the matchday squad for the next two. So I'm imagining what what Paul Gustard does is he probably says Tom Lorde, some... you're, you're playing the first two games, Don Brandt, you're playing game three and four. So some gossip on yeah, that, maybe. right, is that Don Brandt was held out of the squad because allegedly he's going to a premiership Saints. rival. Yeah, Saints. R- Rumoured Saints. Ooh. Ooh, exactly. Teaching him a lesson before he uh, goes. I, I would go with that if it wasn't the case that Gustard just kind of does this, just has people in for two games, then well, gone. Hey, think about And then the, they come back a few weeks I, later. Tell you the weirdest one. Do you remember when they went up to sale and decided that they absolutely 100% need to play um, Katrakalis? This is the game we're going to bring Catch <laughs> yeah. Kalis in. Why? And uh, you know, bought him off. Bought him off after sixty. And some of it is really admirable. I, if you look at that Quinn's backline, even as seasoned rugby watchers, you're not entirely sure who these lads are. Like, Ishmael, no idea. Uh, Ibatoye would be known to under twenty ones fans, but I, you know, not someone that we're familiar with. Merley, um, and before and before that, the, uh, Morris, and there's a load of lads in there who just don't really know who they are. I think wins will be okay. Yeah, I think. I think, and one of the things, did you see the Sean Dyche thing? I think we mentioned yes, it's it very oh, with uh, James Chisholm. Yeah, and they seem to have done a few other things. They had um, Lampard and Carrick in there. Yeah, so it's a bit of like team building in a way that's not just. They had Apache attack helicopters there. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. So I, I like the. So there is obviously the stuffed bear, um, or real bears. Or wolves, or whatever it is, whatever yep. animal of choice it is to scare your defensive line into being a scary defensive line. But I just, I like some of the, the noises from Gustard, some of the others, some of the selection, and some of the, like Walker and Visser being just totally uh, dropped to the point where one goes to Zebra and one retires. It's, it's, <laughs> Madness. Um, yeah. And they're good players. I mean, these weren't bad players. So I wonder, I wonder how much of that, just thinking. As we're talking, how much of that is trying to apply the Eddie Jones mentality of we want guys who are a certain type of hard work and fitness and mentality. If you don't meet that those criteria, you're out, which is fine when you're coaching England or if you're coaching mm. South Africa or New Zealand or France, where you've got an enormous 100 plus, 200 plus player pool at your disposal. When you're a, a club side, 
is it the right well, thing to do? Well, they drew the line, didn't they, with Marlon Dawes and said, right, Marlon, you, you've got to... You, that was before... Yeah, you've got to go, right? Yeah. And it feels like they've come in and they've sort of drawn the line with Charlie Walker and uh, whoever else it is. I, I don't and I know, know you totally can necessarily different. equate those two. I th- yeah. Th- 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 there are a lot... Of de- well... Uh, I don't want to say that... Yeah, let's not go into the ins and outs, but, yeah. I, but I gather that the harmony wasn't great. Yes. Yes. So here's my question, right? There are obviously lads... There was obviously a movement in Quinns to get the right types of people playing rugby. Get that. Really good. But what do you do when some of the some of your lads are just so good that they will play regardless of what their character is? They would never send Sinclair away in a million years. Apparently he doesn't get on particularly well with Marley. They'd never send Marley away in a million years because he's really good. So half the lads have got to sort of buy into this, you know, write your mother's name on T-shirts nonsense. When, and the others can effectively probably do what they want. So I'm I'm not suggesting it's that side of things. I'm su- I'm wondering if it is the the hard work mentality that Eddie Jones likes because obviously Gustard was part of that mm. setup that built the team. So um, yeah, that side of things, which obviously Marla and uh, Sinclair fit in perfectly with that. Yeah, they obviously work hard. And I mean, looking- yeah. just like we've talked about um, Exeter and Gloucester, you'd say suddenly you, you you put Danny Kerr and you put Mike Brown in. There's a different feel to that to that Quinn side. Yeah. A bit of a steeliness. Yeah. 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 But I wonder how well, long... it wouldn't have affected the result against Northampton. No. No, no, I, no. absolutely not. I, I, an interesting dynamic there will be for the first time in a long time, I really think that Danny Kerr is under serious pressure. Because I think uh Landage Land is a real player. Yeah. He is. I mean he's always had like number twos with him who are just nowhere near his class. Well this this boy is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and they might work quite well as a one and two, uh, as, as a rotating one and two, because they do actually play quite a similar game. Mm. Some of the little dink through, it wasn't this week, it was last week for the Marchant, the little grubber kick, pick up, look at your options, threaten a sniper, grubber kick through, yep. was Danica right in, in his wheelhouse. And, and then just touching on a few things that I've mentioned, Marcus Smith stepping on another level, we talked about in Joe Simmons with Exeter, a lot of responsibility on Marcus Smith's shoulders. Yeah, and I don't think last week he did particularly well. Well, that's why. Yeah, exactly why I mentioned. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, yeah. he looked. Um, was it you said that? Someone said it to me, but it just had a look of a guy who had been really shaken up. Yeah, so, that that would be a worry. I love his body language and the way he he grabs the team by the scruff of the neck. The way he talks, you just get good body language vibes off him. So I know it's a very. Um, uh, this is very uh, incidental, and I don't know for sure. But I imagine there's something very special about a young man who can come in and play Premiership Rugby immediately and start bossing around Jamie Roberts. Like, Jamie, run on this ball for me, please. Like, no, 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 that's not how it's meant to, like, meant to happen ever. So I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's a bump, a, a bump in the road for him because he must be he must be a particularly special individual, I would, I would, I would guess. The... the uh greatest player of a generation potentially some, some might it, say he should have started a Eng- England would have won the World Cup JB well, right you know you can always World think Cup what final. if what if yeah. maybe that's why he wasn't playing well because he knew where he'd spent <laughs> it cost England the World Cup yeah what if Ben Ryan was coaching uh, Ben Ryan Dean Ryan was Dean co- Ryan was coaching Marcus Smith to the World Cup final goodness me what if Ben Ryan was coaching in the World Cup final <laughs> right there's a big elephant in this room we're not mentioned there are some rumours there's been some cryptic things said and we've we've been deliberately or well well you wouldn't let me ta- you won't let me yeah. shut my mouth off yes that, before anyone else had said anything about it rightly we got so a bit nervous rightly so with such a sensitive issue I think it's right only right and proper um 
not to be uh, not to be salacious and to report only facts. No, the facts are I, I heard a rumor. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, in the, that's, that's in, good enough for you. <laughs> yeah, it's in, it's undisputed. So now that so now the World Cup is finished, it, we we understand and the, the widely held rumors are via rugby pass. It's, it's, well, it's been printed in, in Daily Mail in rugby pass rumor. now. Daily Mail pr- previously and just and wider a, rumors. Yeah, wider rumors that the, the Saracens salary cap investigation findings tomorrow will, will be published well, today. Possibly today, as you're listening, it may, may have already happened. Yeah, if if it has been released tomorrow, and if if it's, if it's what we think, we should really do an addendum podcast to it immediately. Okay, read the report. Yeah. Phil can read okay. the report, <laughs> uh, and then we will do an addendum podcast. And the rumours that are circling, Phil, again uh, so with 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 no cast iron facts attached. So Rugby Pass are reporting a very. I'm using their words here. A very, very real possibility of a mandatory 35-point deduction for this season's Premiership Rugby. That is the maximum penalty? Well, no, it's not, is it? They can do more. Yeah, I mean, they could relegate them, I guess, if they wanted to. Um, as well, I understand, effectively it's, relegate them. It's a very significant yeah. Yeah. Uh, penalty. So the reason they've come to that number is there's a sliding scale. So for every amount that you breach the salary cap, it goes up and up and up and up. So judging by those points, uh, you would guess they are, they've spent 600k over... Yeah, which is what the Ruby Pass article is reporting. Oh, I'm not... 650k, yeah. Ah, right, okay. To take, yeah. Which is, it is being reported as the maximum reduction, presumably for this. There might be rules for other... Like, if there was yes. a... If there was a team-wide controlled doping programme going yeah. on, a, a Russian lab-type programme, there might be... Oh! There might be different sanctions. Let me just jump, jump in here. Has anyone watched Icarus? Yes. Wow! Yes. Wow. Go watch that. Anyway, so back to this. <laughs> um, so, uh, and, and the other rumoured sanction is punitive reduction in salary cap for a period of time. Yes. I would have well, a problem with this. That- Big problem. And not from uh, from a player's point of view here, right? Because the whole point of the salary cap is the players have agreed to limit their earnings in order to grow the game uh, faster, effectively, make a more competitive league, make a better product. Yeah, it's it's the RPA, which is yeah. the uh, the representatives of the players, which which agrees to that, which you would automatically think is not in the players' interest. Yeah, or it's not in the short term interest, but they've done it for the long term interest of the game. Yeah, because they've got enough knowledge now uh, at the RPA to say actually, yes, you know, this will work. But I don't think it's fair, therefore, for the for Premier Rugby to say, hey. We're going to limit the salary cap because that means they're limiting payments to their own members, which is not on. So um, in that case, I think, yeah, maybe limit their salary cap, but they still have to pay up to the salary cap, maybe to either a charity or to the RPA themselves to you know dish up that money as they see fit. But if, if they were, and this is all speculation. All speculation. So if they were um, over by £650,000 last year... Um, Presumably they're still over this year because a few people have left. But yes. they brought in some expensive players. Elliot Daly cannot be, cannot be a marquee player. He might cost a few quid. Jack Singleton, England front row, not the highest profile name, but he might have cost a few quid. Well, um, allegedly so, Jack Singleton moved for less money than was an offer elsewhere because the Saracen brand is strong. Yeah, yeah, and we we have spoke about that in the past. Yeah. The the chance to win Heineken cups and premierships, you might get a. 
10% reduction. And presumably, uh, well, no, not, not presumably, it's all very clear that the the salary cap, that there's no way they could have explicitly spent over the salary cap. Yes, because the salary cap will catch you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, this is, so this is, again... This is why there's been a seven-month investigation. It's why there's been a seven-month investigation, because there were... And, and again, we... Uh, if he takes Harrison's and Nigel Ray at their word, whatever extracurricular things have been going on were done in good faith yeah, and with so, the understanding that they were within the rules. But just just on that point, to conclude that point, if they were six hundred and fifty thousand pounds over last year, they would I presume that they would still be over this yeah. year. Which makes it very interesting of how do you without saying we're gonna drop your seven and a half million down to six million just keep with this. Keep with the full salary. We're going to liquidate but, that but investment you, portfolio. But well, yeah, you do that. But how do you then keep these players? Well, I've been thinking about this, and this the, is this is how it will go effectively, right? Uh, and we'll get to the players in, in in a second. So nobody knows if they've breached the salary cap or not. Uh, there, there might be no. It we might, don't know. Right it might now. be like the. It might be like the Miller report, completely exonerated, right? <laughs> but it might not be. Now, if it hasn't, that report will outline, because what it is doing, really, is it's investigating the mechanisms in which you pay players. Now, at the moment, the mechanisms are fine. But as soon as the report comes out and it invalidates those mechanisms, we're then into your scenario, which is they now now need to do something. They now need to jettison players. Yeah, exactly. Or renegotiate their salaries. So if you were smart, okay, if you wanted to do a bit of digging around, you would be looking for agents to see who they are hawking to other clubs to work out how they're going to get get around this. So I suspect that they will be um, getting rid of players. And I suspect it'll be lads who are younger. Um, Joel Kapoku. Might be going to, I don't know, Northampton Saints or someone. I don't know. Um, Another one might be Max Mullins, who'd go to... Exeter, mate. Maybe. Maybe goes to Exeter. I mean, 600k is worth a player. I mean... What do you do? Do you just get rid of two senior guys, or do you get rid of eight academy lads? I don't know. Get rid of one senior guy, potentially. Yeah. Well, if he's if he's he's worth eight marquee, yeah, it makes no difference. Yeah. Now, the other thing I'd like to talk about, and it's not Saracens related. um, Well, it is and it isn't. Okay. How does this change the complexion of cap management? Because I think that's a far more interesting question. The argument would be that Saracens, oh, well, why, you know, Saracens can't possibly develop all of the all of these players if they're not allowed to keep them. Why would they? Why would they bother? To me, it's very obvious why you'd bother because academy lads are very much cheaper than seasoned professionals. That's why you bother. And well, you've got three or three years of a toje, or how yeah. many years of a toje well, on a, a academy contract? Yes, yes, there is that. I mean, I am sympathetic to. Saracen uh, people, you know Saracens or, or elsewhere, and I'm not a Saracens fan, and I, I, I think the job that they have done as an organisation is, well, England would not be World Cup finalists. So I what, were it not for it. What, what you disagree with that? Yeah, and I tell you why, because it, it implies right that Mario Otoji would not be playing rugby if it wasn't for Saracens. Now he would be, he would be playing rugby. He might have come through the Saracens um, academy. But he might not be able to play at Saracens because Saracens couldn't afford him. So he'd be playing at Northampton or somewhere. So I don't... The argument, the very blunt version of that argument, which you just made, the very blunt version would be, oh, well, Saracens just won't develop any players. They'll always develop players, but they'll just go somewhere else. No, that's not my point. Uh, That's not my point. There is no... It is not an accident that so many 
incredible players have come through that system and it's not because they just happened to oh we've just found these guys let's bring in Marutoji Jamie George and all of the rest of them um, you know let's uh, let's let, let's bring all these players in and wherever they were they would be Lions yeah. and England World Cup finalists the Saracens organization has developed those players. Yes, they have the raw talent and the raw ingredients. And I would actually point to the two Vunapolas who didn't come through their academy, but Saracens have had a huge role to play in developing them. Yeah, uh, and, and, and massive. Yeah. No, and the the experience of Premiership finals, Heineken yeah. Cup finals, knockout rugby over and over again. I've got to say, if they are found guilty, okay, with the information that is widely known already, with these, I mean, unless there's something completely rev- um, revelationary in this report. Um, and providing they're guilty, they could be innocent. They could be innocent. Could be innocent. Um, I, I mean, I think it, I, I hate the fact that they would get fined for what they've done with their, done with their players. I think the idea, the whole point of rugby, really, is a way to institutionalise people a little a, a little bit longer. But it's also a way to network. And if you get rid of that networking, or you start to put around rules which are so stringent, like I couldn't work with you, Tim, because I play for Sale Sharks and you happen to be one of the sponsors. That's the whole point of rugby. What? Why would? Why is it okay then to do a work placement? Why is it okay to do to, like to do anything? This is this is the bit of the report that I'm looking forward to reading. Yes, because so what you're referring to is the companies, mm. the like adjacent periphery companies like Wiggy Nine Limited, like Vunprop Limited, yep. and Faz Investments, and all the rest of them, um, where Nigel Ray is a director and equity, presumably an equity stakeholder and a player is an equity stakeholder. Now, the bit that I want to see Premiership Rugby and the investigation square is if Nigel Ray has put an investment in that, it might be £5,000, it might be £100,000, it might any any amount of money, that presumably would go as a director's loan. Yes. For which he would have full title of. Yep. So there'd be no transfer of title until 10 years down the line, extra number of years down the line, or unless there is something written into that contract, or he's done it already that says he has uh, withdrawn the title to that asset, to that capital investment. And also, there is an inherent... So, Saracens, in my mind, can do anything they want, providing they declare it. So, Nigel Ray's money, his loan, that's obviously got an intrinsic value. And so long as they declare that uh, intrinsic value, because he might be lending the players money at, you know, an incredibly cheap rate. Generous rate. In fact, no rate. He might actually have no interest rate on it whatsoever. In which case, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Do that. But then work out what the value is of the thing that you've of the done. benefit in kind, the benefit in kind, Which exactly. Would be the saved interest. Yeah, and that's that's why I'm and interested. Just whack it on. Yeah, that's what we need so to know. That's why I'm interested in it, and for for a really specific reason, is because I do, I suspect that these investments were an attempt, were consciously done to get around the salary cap, and if they were consciously done to get around the salary cap. And they are the thing that has tripped them up to failing in the salary cap. That's a delicious irony. Yes, it is. Uh, it I is. Would, if, so, you, if you deliberately tried to cheat the system and failed in your cheating, so what you deserve you, to get caught. Where I think about the, what, what you need to do is you need to offer players something which isn't financial in a way, right? So you might go to sales. I'm just going to say sell sharks. 
because they have a really, really good relationship with the local insurance community, right? And therefore, you know, you get a good insurance job after, after, after you finish. That's absolutely fine. Not only is it fine, you know, it's it's a good thing. You might want to go to Northampton because you love the, the the Northampton countryside or some such thing. Or shoemaking. Or shoemaking. You know, there must be some other... So the clubs have now got to make it as nice for the players as they possibly can. Worcester, you want to... You Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. You want the Wi-Fi? You got I the, want Wi-Fi. the Wi-Fi in the house. Yeah. That's... That, that's that. Hey. Oh, I can't, that's a benefit in kind. You, you like are, it, are they declaring? Are they declaring their Wi-Fi for the Academy House? Great question. So, I mean, you might laugh, Phil, but have you ever had a day without Wi-Fi? Nightmare. Oh, it's horrible. All your devices don't work. So, um, <laughs> some websites you can't go on without no, Wi-Fi. On no, 4G, it won't let some, you. And some websites can't go on even when the Wi-Fi is working perfectly. And I was, and I was referring to like betting websites, for example. Exactly. I was, I was trying to read it, read my yeah. um, World Cup preview on Betfair, and without Wi-Fi, you couldn't do it. No, do no, it. of course Great not. Great World Cup preview, Tim. Um, yeah, so these loans, I mean, I actually don't think, or these companies, I think it's a bloody good, good good way to get players financially savvy, get them set up for post, you know, post-playing and so on and so forth, providing there's not an actual financial benefit for, for, for them. When I say financial benefit, you know, if Nigel Ray is just giving them hundreds of thousands of pounds... Yeah, and writing it off. Yeah, well, that that's clearly a, bad. That is a big issue. Yeah. But that's, that's the point that if he's doing something to beat the system... But then just doing it so stupidly that he's just giving him a hundred thousand pounds and writing it off. Yeah. Then that, then they definitely deserve to be caught. Also, it doesn't benefit Nigel Ray. People seem to forget this. The 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 value of this enterprise, which is Premier Rugby, is the fact that it's a competitive league. If it's not a competitive league, you know what is it that they're going to sell? Because that's that's where the value is. It's the value yeah. of the league and the competition. Yeah. Um, and well, we'll see what the report says. But having had alleged uh, salary cap issues at clubs uh, five, six years ago. Wasps uh, broke the salary cap, didn't, didn't they? Um, yeah. Through VAT. Short, Short, small amount. Oh, no, they, they, no they, yeah. they were fine for that. It was a tiny amount because uh, one agent moved, moved his organisation from a non from, from a non-VAT-paying yeah. country to the UK. So it can happen, is, is what I'm it, saying. It can happen. But there was, there was some uh, alleged more significant and knowing breaches in the past at clubs which went unpunished and I don't think I think the premiership clubs having had that kind of warning shot if there is a breach this time I think there are people going going, no sympathy I'm going to throw the book I was talking to a club CEO a while back about this and his words were uh, because we do stick, I mean, of course you're going to say that, I guess. But because we, because we do stick to it, if we found someone in material breach of these rules, we would want the book th- uh, uh, yeah. thrown at them, as would the owner. So the fly in the ointment now is the CVC people, because they really, really want to maintain the value of their investment. It is important. So it won't be. I don't think the option of brushing it under the carpet will. No. It it's just not there anymore. Definitely doesn't exist. You know, it's not a boys club. It's serious business. Well, I mean, the other argument is if there's extra money that's been floating around, that's been effectively used f- uh, to pay players outside of the salary cap, then that has inflate that will have inflated players' values across the board. Mm. Yeah, that's that's true. A- agents talk, players talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. <sighs> You'd have to have such a close relationship with your stars to pay them, I don't know, in land or something, or something underhand. Because all it takes is like an injury or a fallout or something, and the whole thing is unravelled. And if it was found out that 
you know, the most egregious version of salary cap cheating was found. Uh, I'm in the camp that it is as bad as bad as doping in a, in in a lot of ways. It really is. Yeah. Well, it is. It's it's, it's, it's breaking the agreed rules and yeah. codes of conduct in order to gain a competitive advantage. Yeah. Now, where I don't yeah. want this to go, have you ever read the rules for the N, the, the double N, oh, the, what's, it, what's it called, college football? Double N, what's it? Double N, uh, NCAA. NCAA, uh, thank you. Um, now, they have rules, literally rules, which may be amended now, but there used to be things like, you may not, you may give your player a bagel, but you may not have peanut butter on the bagel to make sure that they're not giving... You're not, you know, yeah, you're not allowed to have a meal or anything. Yes, just horrific rules, horrific rules. So you can have snacks, but no meal. Something so, like but that. But then, then you have to define the criteria for what a snack is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, so, where does a meal replace... A protein shake? A meal replacement shake? Exactly. So they actually had a protein rules. shake, yes. Meal replacement shake, no. I kid you not, they had rules on what you could put on bagels. And I don't want it <laughs> to, to get to that. I mean, we do need players to be able to leverage their networks in order to go out and be successful post-career. Uh, Liam Williams is the other rumoured name to be moving back to Wales, which may, which may have nothing to do with this whatsoever. But if this report pans out as is rumoured, then that could be a consequence as well. Yeah, so you know, get your get your cheap Saracens kids right now. Now, in the future, I hope what will ha- what will happen is we'll see very very savvy directors of rugby saying, "I want that kid, that kid, that kid, that kid," but we've got to, we've got to let George Cruz go because there has to be a decision, doesn't there? Do you keep George Cruz or do you keep um, Izikwe, Kapoko, yeah, the other Kapoko? Um, skeleton. I mean, who has to go? And those are the conversations I'm fascinated to watch. Well, yes. and I, I wonder if these kind of conversations will resurrect the ring fencing conversation because that again makes those sorts of decisions easier. Well, Will Skelton, great, but actually we've got Joel Kapoku and he's a young English guy, but so and we're, yeah, not, I, we're not going to get relegated. So I don't really think it's fair to have a salary cap and relegation. I think you can have one or the, one or the other. They seem to be. They seem to have picked. Uh, and built a Frankenstein league using bits and pieces from everyone else's league, sort of mashed them together. Don't really work. But when we talk about how great it is. It is great. What a brilliant yeah. product it is. The best product. And and uh, and those things, those those elements, the salary cap and relegation, are part of the reasons why it's so compelling. Salary yeah. cap certainly. It is. Remember, yeah, you can't no, argue with rele- relegation, can you? No. You can't. Yeah. Because every year it's like brilliant. Um, yeah. Unless they just have one team on ice every year. <laughs> like you're just not allowed to play, just train for a year. Yeah, I can't think of. I can't come, think come of back s- like the Japan World Cup squad. Yeah, well, I, the, the fascinating one for me, fascinating one was um, rugby league's million million pound game. It's so nasty, and it's like inherit. It's just it's just awful. You, yeah, you need some thing really. You need an, a real big incentive not to be bottom. That could be relegation. It could be. Here's my proposal. You have to wear Quinn's change kit. <laughs> I wonder if there is a I don't know what the answer is. Something weird like if you come if you become if you come last all of your contracts still are still valid but any other team can pick up your players for any amount. But there there again are you then incentivizing them to throw a game if they think Saracens will come in for them? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure about that because it wasn't there all sorts of weird stuff in um the NBA about teams deliberately losing games. Oh, to yeah, get yeah. a higher get draft, a draft pick. pick. So yeah, mate. well they, they, they do in the NFL. They they will tank. Yeah, in order to get that high draft, the pick. draft they want, pick. They want Yeah, the well, as a Jets fan, we've been doing that for years now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
uh, oh, so many, so many permutations here, and presumably we'll find out very what soon. What earth can be, can the punishment be? Well, as reported, thirty five points. No, for the uh, no losers. for finishing well, bottom. If, if you didn't have relegation, if you didn't have relegation, but you, sorry, but you finished bottom. Maybe you should. Maybe maybe the winners get to choose your team nickname for the next season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And your, 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 your logo. Your and your logo. Style. Yeah. I had a thought about branding the other day. Um, I, <laughs> like Bristol Bears. To be fair to them, worked out pretty good actually. It feels like they've always been called Bristol Bears now. Yeah. Uh, but I love the idea that we can't possibly communicate to the wider world outside of rugby. If we don't rebrand our team to something ridiculous like the Bears or... The Gloucester Lions is coming soon, Gloucester, isn't it? Like Gloucester Lions. I mean, obviously it's ridiculous, right? It is ridiculous. I thought, like, is there... Obviously there's, there's examples, isn't there, of this going, well, uh, NFL, New York Jets. But then does anyone look at, like, second division rugby league and think, I really identify with the Batley Bulldogs because they've got <laughs> Bulldogs on, on, uh, uh, on the end? You just think that they, they look a bit tin pot? Yeah, the Wakefield Wildcats. Yeah, Wildcats, utterly tin pot. Wakefield Trinity, really cool. <laughs> like there is, and and you're just opening up the door for some absolute melons to start complaining about cultural appropriation with extra chiefs. Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Although Toronto Wolfpack is a cool name. That is, is Sonny Bill Williams to Toronto Wolfpack. Is that right? That's the rumor. Wow, Sonny Bill Williams to Toronto Wolfpack with a with a. Um, with a stake in the organisation awesome. as his little leverage to go there. You know where... Oh, my God! Uh, you, you know where they train, right? Same same place as Talk H. What? MMU. Yeah, the, so their offices, last time I checked at least... Sonny Bill's coming to Manchester. Sonny Bill will be in Manchester. <laughs> yeah, of course Oh, my will. God! Because it was in Bradford, their training base, and right. now they moved to... Um, Manchester, and they have three weeks here, and then three weeks out, right out, out there. Question: We have on our on on our Twitter profile and stuff. We have a picture of the three of us with Jack Berger, long all, all time hero of the pod. Yeah. We also have a picture of Sia Khaleesi, which the three of us met him at the World Rugby Awards. It's a pretty cool. Picture. The Jack Berger one's cooler though. The, the Jack Berger one is cooler. But if we got a picture with Sonny Bill, which, could Sonny Bill knock Jack this Berger place. off our off our? Off our well, the thing picture. is, if, I, if if he does come, and I'm lucky enough to interview him, and I believe you me, I'll, I'll be at the I'll be at the door at MMU every bloody day and, until I do. <laughs> um, I'm not calling you losers. He's all mine. <laughs> all mine. Hypothetically, if we got a picture of Sunny Bill, would he? Would he? he no. No. No, because Jack Burgers stands for everything which is right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Every, everything. For any, any question in life or rugby, what would Jack do? Exactly. Yes. Right. So yeah, we've covered the Wolfpack uh, nicely, and we've covered um, yeah. There's loads of interesting things going, going on with the Wolfpack, and I won't tell you about that now because it's a rugby union podcast. But yeah, it's really exciting. Um, yeah, so there's just a few more games that we haven't covered off. Um, wasps, wasps, wasps bath. I tell you what, this is a great result. I mean, this is genuinely a great result. I was so worried about Wasps because if they lose this, I don't think their next win is ho- in, until they play Harlequins week six. They look, uh, but they they did it. Their side looks good. Jimmy we're, we're, Gopeth back. Yeah, Jimmy Gopeth back. The strings. Yeah. You, Jimmy Gopeth allows you to use Fekitoa and Minotzi and Adogu and Kibarigi. Doggers. Doggers is great, isn't he? Yeah. Little tank. Yeah. From Coventry as well. Well, he's from South Sharks, but, you know. <laughs> Deval- we all know where he Coventry developed his skills. Rails, rails he was Tigers Academy damaged. originally. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, he's a decent I, player. I, with the irony that he went to sail... Um, expecting game time. He got game time. He got some game time. He got loads of game time. No, no, he he, <laughs> he did very well at Sale when they um, before they him. signed Denny. 
yeah, before him. they got really good. Uh, but, <laughs> Chris Ashton. But Lee, yeah. but Lima Sopawanga just seemed to have a little bit more confidence. And again, it's the, the, the Jimmy effect. The pressure, Jimmy taking pressure off. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Having, little, having little Jimmy just in your ear, just telling you you're great, pumping up your tyres. Yeah, if if you're Wasps, if you're Wasp fan, thank thank your stars for this uh, for this win because it is it is big. Um, where did... Yeah, I, I do see them beating beating Harlequins now, and then after that, I don't know. It just shows the bottom of this table is going to be an absolute nightmare. It also shows home field advantage is massive and wins on the road wherever they are are big. Yes, yeah, definitely. Because Bath looked really good last week at home. Mm. How did Bath Struggling win a game away. last week? I don't understand that. I'll never understand this league. How does that happen? Home field advantage is massive. But like, why? Yeah. Well, I mean, do they get stronger or something? It'll net it'll, it'll, surroundings. Well, I'm sure Phil them. must have re- read a book about home field advantage. Uh, the statistics behind it are definitely true. I I would only speculate that uh, the usual su- surroundings and scenario, the partisan crowd, not having to stay spend a night in a hotel or travel for six hours, mm. all those things they all add up. If you're playing in France, the opposition prop, the away team prop, not tying up his booth bootlaces, that has an effect. Or in France, it's just the away team just being the B team. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but also the, the the psychological subconscious effect it has on officiating. Yeah. So yeah. There, there are some players that are playing in France now who are claiming, as I know, well, they are claiming, um, that playing in France is actually easier for, for longevity than playing in England. Because you only play half game play, every other week. Exactly right. You're playing 14 and they games. Don't, and they don't have salary caps, so they can have a massive squad of oh, amazing they, players. Well, they, they loosely. A, a, loose, they have a, a very loose-fitting their, yeah. their salary cap is as fast and loose as Jerome Garces's interpretation of the offside line. Which I think is perfect. I think it's a perfect interpretation. Let of the, the boys the, play. Exactly. Um, and the other game we've not mentioned, Saracens. After speaking for... Uh, at great length about Saracens on this podcast, we didn't mention that their narrowest of narrow yeah, wins ground out a win fortuitously. I would say a draw would have been the right result, particularly mm. as Manavanapola slotted a very nice penalty um, after the whistle had gone. It, in my mind, should have been a penalty to London Irish. Um, the Saracens player who was jackling the ball went in there fairly, and after half a second was off his feet and continued to jackal the ball and the penalty was given in his favour. So I think London Irish will be... They're unlucky not to get um, the draw in that scenario. I'm looking at the Saracens team now and I can honestly say um, that is a a mid-table, bottom four looking team. I mean, it just is. So to get any win is bloody brilliant. And by the way, how well is Ben Earl playing? Last yeah. three weeks has been exceptional. Three tries in two games. Uh, and we mentioned him last week, but you know, I don't know where he fits into the national pit. Maybe he never does. Maybe he is, you know... The, the next Jackson Ray. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. exactly exactly, what I'm thinking. Just a great, great clubman who happens to be around when there's a load of other great, great guys. But yeah. he's been playing superbly. Because we spoke about it in the past. Everyone's highlighted it. The depth of England's back row options and the potential of guys who are in that 19 through to 24 category mm. is just exceptional it but really yeah. is uh, and then um 
Oh, did anyone Sale was... lost. Oh, Again. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like I say, if I was a Sale fan, I'd have been furious. Uh, absolutely furious. But, but it's, it's Bristol, again, Bristol at home. Bristol yep. good. It's a tough place I mean, to go. But they weren't good. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, uh, <laughs> where, 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 in the game. where and how you did you watch care. it? So, so hold on, there was a live game on and you watched Bristol v Sale. Well, I, I love how you tweeted out. Anyone know where I can watch <laughs> Bristol? All <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, right, it's Bristol you want to watch. So it, the Jay. thing is, the thing is, play a great run of rugby. Too. No, 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 no. What you what you need to understand is this: I am aware that I work with two very, very professional co-podcasters. I knew you'd be all over the Northampton game, and I've lots, lots to say. So who's watching <laughs> Bristol? Quite right. Who's watching Bristol? They sold 14,000 tickets for this. Amazing, isn't it? 14,000 tickets. Bristol. I mean, that is some That is some club. I, I know it's every week, but it is some club. It is. This wasn't some game. No. Uh, <laughs> I thought this would be a JB Classic uh, if the result was the other way. Well, do you know, uh, <laughs> so there's a few things which uh, probably yeah, were... You, you love a turgid, close... Kicking, close kicking, lots dual. of knock-ons, some some close kicking games. <laughs> uh, well, number one, um, I thought it fi- we're finally starting to see uh, Rohan Janzi von Rendsburg play a little bit like he used to be. He he was very very good um, compared to everyone else. Uh, <laughs> the other really interesting one is. Uh, Jorin Lloyd scored another try. Another try. Yeah. Now he's been lucky in some ways. I they've just been gifted to him, but he still had to score them. Yeah. And, and he's, he's got to earn the right to get on the pitch ahead of other higher paid talent. Yeah, there might be something in this kid. I mean, I, w- I look at him; he just looks like a, you know a man made out of twiglets. <laughs> but he will fill out. He will get you know he will get bigger. And I wonder if he's. I mean, he must be super talented just to be there. I was thinking this: every every single Premiership side has now, with Joe Simmons being handed the keys at Exeter, every Premiership side has a definite. First choice fly half, except for Sale. And AJ McGinty was back, came off the bench. Yeah, and I tell you what, they looked like a better team with him in with Yeah, him I was, was going to say. No twist about that. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, again, for your fancy rugby draft team, thinking it's great having both Sale fly halves might be bad if they only play 50 minutes a game. But, yes. uh, but yeah. it was, I was, I was going to ask AJ back, do you, do you see him as being the clear number one? Uh, in my heart, he's always been the clear, num- clear, 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 clear number one. Um, yes, I, I honestly think he is the number one. I think he's a much smarter player than people can give him credit for. Um, his kicking, I think his kicking stats might be the best, best in the Prem. I mean, he just doesn't miss, and he's hard. Um, as in, like his tackle, you know, he doesn't miss tackles. Yeah, uh, biggest uh, problem with him, he's too small. He's yeah, too, well, he, I, well, I, he gets I, hurt. I guess my, my point was that that's something we, that's going to play out and. Could the well every every single other side in the Premiership, you know who the number one ten is, uh, except for maybe available. Worcester, who can go between John and Lance and uh, oh, it's, it's Duncan Weir. It, 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 it is Duncan yeah. Weir, definitely. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Sale need a number one fly half, and I think they might go the way of Robert De, Rob Dupree because he, he strikes me as a guy who's always available. And look at his genetics. Look at his bloody brothers. Yeah. Like you know, these aren't these aren't boys that take a backward step, and they're pretty yeah. robust. So that will play in his favour because you'd rather have a fly half that's fit every week than a fly half that's only fit, you know. And he, he won't be missing for uh, America's Cup, or what is it called, the Pacific Nations Cup in uh, February time. He, he won't be missing any games. Yeah. Um, Cam Redpath moved to 13, which is interesting because where is this boy going to play? You know, he needs to have a, a solid position. Let's just talk about um, Bristol, though, a second. Didn't realise how fast Luke Daniels was. Crikey, he's rapid. The winger. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely, absolutely rapid. Um, I'm, I'm liking Bristol. I'm liking them a lot. I think they're going to... They're not top four. They're going to be top six. You can you can have a charge for top six winning your home games. Yeah, you can. Yeah. You can. You, you, you definitely can. Um, is that every game? Yeah. That's it all. What's coming up? Uh, okay, well, Montauban versus Beritz ne- uh, next Thursday. I wish I could watch that. Uh, th- uh, th- Thursday Night Rugby. Um, we haven't spoke about the Pro 14. Is there anything worth talking about there? No. 50 nil. Glasgow, Glasgow versus, versus, Kings. versus the Kings. Now, back to my point about um, player welfare, right? On the last podcast, sorry, we've been recording for so long now, we mentioned player welfare. The third place game shouldn't go ahead, according to some pundits, because of player welfare. Um, where is the safety in Glasgow beating Kings 50 nil? Where is the utility of, of, uh, of this game? Why would anyone want to watch it? Leinster beat Dragons 50 15. So we obviously learned a lot about those two teams. Uh, and as we've spoken about many times, the issue with the Pro 14 is when internationals are on, their, their teams are decimated. Weirdly, the Dragons shouldn't be decimated, though, should they? <laughs> I mean, like, no, that's a fair point. Yeah. I mean, they really shouldn't be. I'm looking through it, and they pretty much weren't. Uh, so anyway, that's your Pro 14 roundup. Hope you enjoyed it. And it, and it was a pretty much total second string... Uh, Leinster team wonderful news uh, next week then we have Friday night a game I will be attending and it probably will be under the light well definitely will be in the lights it'll probably be on BT Sport as well yep. Sale versus Wasps yes mm. huge game how do you fancy your chances uh, well if I if I supported Wasps um, I wouldn't be particularly uh, particularly hopeful about this one Sale at home I mean Sale would win at home with a team which cost ho- half the amount which this one does uh, probably say sale, sale, Def- right? The, yeah, definitely sale. Yes, I think that Bath Northampton sale. at at Bath. So Bath will be hoping, based on the way that they've been playing rugby, they'll be hoping for miserable conditions. Yep, blowing a gale, uh, sideways rain. How is this a thing for Bath? How is it a thing for Bath? I mean, they should be all about the celebration of the beautiful game. I mean, they should be. They should, Bath and Harlequin should be like those those sort of teams. Yeah, fine. If you want to bulk it up a, 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 a bit with some forwards, sure. But they shouldn't be hoping for miserable wet weather. That's the other one. Sorry, Bath are a team that don't have a definite fly heart. Well, they do seem to at the minute they, with Reese Prefland. They seem to have picked him as number one. But, but but they're a club which have a slight question mark in a different way from Sale. They have a question mark over their ten jersey. Yes, yes. and Priestland was almost let go yes. last season. I but love ex- that. Ex- I love it so much. Except Bath couldn't find anyone better than him to replace him, so they offered him a new contract. So, Reese, we're going to let you go. Fine. Now, Reese, um, we haven't been able to sign Aaron Cruden. Uh, <laughs> Andre just, Pollard. Uh, Danny Cipriani. None of them have come. Will you come back? Yeah, if you give me double my money. <laughs> so, yeah, he... He is their first choice. He right has now. to be. They paid him so much. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting strategy. I have a theory about um, Priestland. Do, do, do you want to hear it? Go on. This is this is harsh to the point of being unfair, I guess. But um, I think he was signed because he wouldn't threaten George Ford when he was there. Oh, yeah. So he's a backup, he, he, but without the threat. And obviously his dad, George's, George Ford's dad signed him. Yeah. And therefore that's why he's there. And now they're left with him. And Freddie Burns. It's an absolute nightmare, actually. Well, who they swapped for George Ford with Leicester. Oh, what, what were they... Did, uh, well, well who, who knows at that club? Did did, uh, did did Mike Ford definitely... Was he definitely the one that signed him? I'm not it saying... It might have been Gary Gould. Or it, might have been, be, oh, it might have been... 
Well, it wasn't Gary Gold. But might have been Bruce Craig. Might have been, yeah, might have been Bruce Craig. Uh, there is a story about Bath. Um, like not like the coach not knowing who the players are when like when they show up. They've just been signed. Was it this prop Pez? Is it Pez? Not Pez. Anyway, doesn't doesn't matter. But yeah, I'd say Northampton going to win this. So the the most striking statistic I found this weekend, which uh, does suggest something about the way that Bath are intending to play, was that um, Freddie Burns played eighty minutes at fullback for Bath, mm-hmm. ran one meter with ball in hand. That's amazing. One meter. That's staggering, actually. As a full, I mean, you have to really. How is that possible? That you- is. It, it's almost impossible. Comparing to Minozzi, his opposite number man, who did 68 metres. Um, Charles Piatau, 106 metres. Vianu got 100 metres. Hammersley, 70 metres. Did you see yeah. Hammersley take the ball Bianu, into the line? Vianu, 90-odd <sighs> metres. Crikey. Uh, Stuart Hogg, 122 metres. Uh, Furbank, 90 metres. Aaron Morris, 100 metres. So one metre is just... <laughs> Astonishing! You like you almost you would you would go forward a meter in the act of kicking, kicking the ball. <laughs> Just, I mean, your initial thought as a rugby player is go forward. Go forward. No matter what it is, go forward. You'd have to, yeah. You'd right have to be, run, kicking, have to be kicking whilst yeah. running backwards. Yeah. Maybe Richard, he just realised kicking it over his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Practicing his box kicks. Unless he <laughs> takes, <laughs> takes a ball, no one running for twenty yards, sets up a box kick. Yeah. Box kick. Unless he's just going straight to touch, facing his hips, so going straight out. I, haven't, I didn't watch I've the not, game. I've not seen any but of the may, games. Maybe, so. he, maybe he was volleying the ball with his kicks. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you'd understand it, wouldn't you, if the player involved was someone like, do you know, try to think, uh, Mark van Gisbergen. You, yeah. under, yeah. you might get your head wrapped around that one. Oh, okay, yeah, that's how he plays. Butch James, you're playing at 15 this week. Yeah, fine. Okay. Fine, bang. Not Freddie Burns. He, he's a good, you know, pretty good player. Pretty electric player. One metre. One metre. It's not that he did one 20 metre run, but then he got smashed back 19 no. metres. No, because they don't actually count that. Negative when yards. They don't when count we spoke negative to, yards. Uh, the Opta guys. Yeah, when I was trying to get some extra, some extra metres for some of my players. Yeah, yeah. but mind you, we. we, we shouldn't we say that, should we? We have. Uh, we, we, you have seen Opta people just kind of go, oh, what's Looks that? Looks like three metres. Three metres? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's five. It was five metres and two defenders beaten. And <laughs> I have to say, the, the little media area at Bath, just by the commentary boxes, they have a lovely selection of sandwiches and cakes for for you and, and hot chocolate and stuff. So maybe, you know, maybe the Opta guy turned, turned his back. Can I just say, one of the most pleasing developments this season is the food in the media room at Sale has, has really, really shot up. Ooh. Yeah, we get... It's important. Yeah, we, I might, I might we're we're just... Season. Yeah, you should do. That's... Uh, pies. Yeah. Pies now in chafing dishes. They're really good. Really good. Right, if we're talking about the yeah. pies at sale. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's, it's um, time let, to go. Yeah, well, we've not finished our predictions yet. Oh, God. Um, uh, I'm going to go Saints just. Saints just, okay. Saints just. Hot. Unless, unless it's uh, Typhoon Hagibis yeah. makes its way to Bath. Uh, I think this might be the most interesting game for me of the weekend. Harlequins Worcester. Now, not many people will think of that as an interesting game. I certainly think it is. It doesn't immediately strike you as one. Based on form of say the past five years, but I think this is intriguing. I I fancy Worcester. I really do. Home advantage. Quinns at home. Give me home advantage. Uh, yeah, you're probably I need, right. I need Don Brandt to pull his finger out for my fancy. Team. I, Come on, uh, Dommers. Yeah, he's had his. He's been figured out. He's had his one good season, and everyone's figured him out. Yeah, I think you. 
Right. I want to pick Worcester, though. I really want to pick Worcester. But I think you're right. Harlequins will win. Squeak it. Gloucester Saracens. Gloucester. Gloucester at the shed. Saracens without all their internationals. Yeah. Gloucester for me. Give me Gloucester. It could, I mean, it could round off a awful week for Saracens. God, there are some really... Potentially, yeah. Some really good matchups this week. Um, There's another cracker. London Irish Leicester. Yeah. At London Irish. London Irish will be targeting this. Yeah. Give me, give me London Irish. London Irish. Hmm. Maybe a good win against Gloucester. It was a good win. But it was playing up at home. It's, yeah. Leicester have now got Lavanini in, that, that Bolladow guy in the... Which sounds like a Welsh name. He's Fijian. Hmm. Um, in their back row. And... Uh, Vianu fit and playing again. Noel Reed looking good. Noel Reed, what a signing! <laughs> how do you have Noel Reed Leicester. as your? How do you get up to the salary cap and have Noel Reed as your backup? Anyway, uh, Leicester, yeah. Um, give me London Irish. Give me London Irish. And last but not least, this might be the Sunday game on BT Sport. Actually, Exeter Bristol Bears. This is interesting. Bristol can do this. I don't think they will. Bristol Exeter can do this. Uh, where do Bristol beat Exeter here? Nah, Sandy Park, right? Sandy Park, uh, no way. Uh, extra win this, they'll have, they will have enough. Yeah, Exeter. Because Exeter did show, while they didn't play particularly amazing, they showed they know how to grind out grind out a result. So are we saying we all agree on everything except for Harlequins Worcester? And we... Irish Leicester. Okay, yeah. interesting, interesting week. This is a cracking week of games. Yes. Oof, oof. Um, okay, well that's it. And then after that, we've got no more Premiership for four weeks, or th- was it two weeks? Uh, two weeks of Europe. Your card straight back into Europe. No, we've got, no, f- yeah, two, we've got another another round another, of Premiership. Yeah, two rounds of Prem, then Europe. Fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth is the first round of the Heineken Cup. Oh uh, yeah, you are right. There you go. No, hang on, Friday. What's this? Oh, yeah, yeah. So weekend no, after this one, November fourteenth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This straight. is the fourth round of Premiership games. Isn't That's it? right. So it's yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so we've got yeah, two weeks right. of Heineken Cup next week. Yeah. So one yes. more Prem, then. Now here's an interesting one. Glasgow Sale. Glasgow's quite quite interesting. Quite easy to get to. Just saying. Away day. I'm there. What at Glasgow? Yeah. With who? Work. What on, on the on the Saturday? On the Saturday. Were you going to be able to go to the game? I'm. I'm. Uh, no. I'm at the, at the game with work. Glasgow sale. Oh, interesting. What ones am I doing? I think I'm working Gloucester and Bath that weekend. Gloucester got to lose. Bath have got Ulster. Yes. Nice. Oh, that's really put a different spin on it then. <laughs> oh my goodness! I, I, I love Glasgow and I like sale. So here, here's a question. So Saracens in two weeks' time play Racing ninety two in the Defence Arena. Their, what a name that is! World Cup final players will have had one week off. I know they'll have had two weeks off. If you no. ca- if you count like now being off, but they played a World Cup final yesterday. Yeah, they'll have one weekend off. They'll have two weeks. They'll have one yeah. one games worth of the one weekends worth of games off. Surely yeah, they're right. not going to get put back in for no, that. No, no, they're not. Surely. Not all of them. George Cruz, yes. Yes. Ben Spencer, yes. Ben Spencer, yes. Yes. Um, Farrell, Jack, Jack Singleton. Jack Singleton, definitely. Yes. Um, Farrell, no. Billy, no. Farrell, no. Billy, Matt. Isn't the thing about Farrell that more he plays the better he gets? No. 
Definitely with Billy. Like the compounding effect. Definitely with Billy. Daily, so Daly, Farrell, Vunapola's, Jamie George. Jamie George. No. Itoji. No. Itoji, no. no. Will Elliot Daly be playing for his parent club of London Scottish? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> uh, all right, fine. On that note, I've, yes. got, I've got a tram to catch. Yes, you bloody hell, you do. <laughs> it seemed uh, like a long time ago when right, we started this Right, yeah, podcast. we did. We definitely did. Th- hit subscribe, uh, listen, share, tell your mates, and let the boys play. Let the boys play.